Welcome back to Newsline Wednesday. This is the Stuttering Sports Podcast, and I'm your host, Spencer. And today, I think we have a pretty good show. So without further ado, let's get right into it. To Dwayne Haskins, 2019 first-round pick QB from Ohio State, was cut from the Washington football team Monday afternoon after a controversial week after being spotted at a strip club without a mask on and also during a win and you're in situation proceeded to have a bad game and he has had a lot of bad games his 2020 stats are he's thrown 61 percent completion rate 1400 yards five tds and seven picks with a one in five record on target only 69 percent of the time which was a drop off from his rookie year now, what do I think of this? I think good on good on Washington trying to build a new culture. And if you're not going to fucking be basically if you're not going to be smart and not locked into the game, then you're out. It doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter if you are a first round pick, it doesn't matter if you are a quarterback, you simply I think setting up that culture is a very very good thing it sucks that Dwayne Haskins has to be I mean has to go through this but he did it to himself I must say um I'm not trying to shit on Dwayne Haskins he I mean hell he's probably a good dude but um but I do say good on Washington for being able to set up this culture of be locked into the game do not do not go out partying at a strip club and then proceed to play bad football we are not tolerating that shit i say good for washington good for ron rivera i forgot their president's name but he's a like he is a really good i mean he seemed like a really cool dude from some interviews that i watched and just good on them for setting up a new culture what does this mean for washington moving forward well they're probably gonna have heineke start in their week 17 huge game to 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 clinch the division uh Heineke looked good versus Carolina I mean he didn't look great he didn't look bad it was just like yeah he looks all right so uh we'll talk about that on prediction Friday or Saturday and yeah Washington moving forward I really think that this is a good thing for 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 Washington just to set up that culture of we're not tolerating bullshit we're not tolerating that. Um, Dwayne, Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins, though, I don't know where he's going to go. I don't really know what team would take a flyer on him. Maybe the Lions or Patriots. Maybe the Lions or Patriots. Because I legitimately think that Matthew Stafford will be gone after this season. So you know, maybe the Lions draft a QB and also just take a flyer on Dwayne Haskins to be like the second or third string. And the Patriots, I don't know. I just the Patriots, they're, they're in such a weird spot with Cam Newton playing as poorly as he's played. I'm not trying to be but yeah, I, but they're in a weird spot. And I think going into the offseason, I don't know who they pick because they're not going to get a top two QB prospect. So they're in a strange spot. Maybe they take a flyer on him and try to develop him with Josh McDaniels, big brain. So yeah, for Dwayne Haskins though, he's definitely going to be a backup third, 
third string somewhere because with the amount of quarterbacks that there are in this league currently, there's just not the space. Maybe the Broncos take a flyer on him with Drew Brees. I mean, excuse me, with Drew Locke playing kind of poorly. I could see it. Dwayne Haskins, though, I mean, it sucks that it happened to him because you never want to see a first-round pick just get cut like that in just two seasons. I mean, like, I'm like not even two, 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 two full seasons. But I mean, hell, when you're going out to strip clubs, putting your team at risk when they need a win to make the playoffs, you're putting the entire team at risk. Yeah, I, I don't blame them. And you go out there and play like trash. Yeah, I don't. I, I do not blame them. Moving on to some AFC talk. There is a ginormous five-team race going on within the AFC for four playoff spots. The, those 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 four being the AFC South uh, champion, most likely, actually, shit, will be the fourth seed, and then the three wild card spots. There are five teams battling for this, and those five teams are the Titans and the Colts battling for the AFC South championship. The Ravens and the Browns, both in the AFC North, looking for some wild card spots with Pittsburgh already clinching the division. And then you have the Dolphins looking for a wild card spot because the Bills have already clinched the division. So who do I think is the worst team from this bunch? Who do I think has the best chance of missing it or or potentially if they do make it is just going to get exp- I don't say exposed because they're all good teams but it but they're just most likely to have a rough day and play poorly. So who is the worst team from this bunch? The Titans, when you look at the Titans, the Titans offense, when they're on, they're on and they look good. Their defense, the Titans defense is never really great. It usually is their offense that keeps up the momentum, keeps keeps up the pace and well it shows they score 30 points per game which is third in the nfl contrarily though their defense is 23rd for opponent points per game speaking of opponent points per game the dolphins are first in that category the dolphins defense with brian flores is nice i really really love brian flores and if they make the playoffs I think Brian Flores should win coach of the year if it's not the Bills guy or potentially, um, what's his name? Uh, fucking, or not Andy Reid. I do think Flores should be up there in that conversation, top two or top three, because his defense is incredible. You brought in Van Noy, uh, Elandon Roberts. Byron Jones, you kept Xavier Howard. I really, really like what Brian Flores has done with that Dolphins team over the last two years. But, but, but then you look at offense, they do have a big quarterback conundrum that I will talk about later. I have my own segment on that. And their receiving core is subpar. Their offensive line, it's, it, it is young, so I'm not going to dog it too much. I do like Gaskin and, and, uh, What's his name? Uh, Mike Kosicki, too. So the Dolphins, their defense is phenomenal. Their offense, meh. The Colts, they're a super talented bunch. And this is a very good season for Phillip Rivers' first and potentially only season at with 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 the Colts. This is this has been a very good year sitting at 10 and 5. And they were in the driver's seat during that Pittsburgh game. 
they were up 24 to 7 they just blew it so the colts they're not the worst team from this bunch i really like this colts team i think they have a phenomenal running back group philip rivers being a veteran quarterback he knows what to do you have a good receiving group with uh pitman and hilton like your offensive line is 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 definitely banged up right now but it's still very good and i mean their front seven looks looks great it's their passing defense that's just like average which for the colts that's 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 not very good because that's that's part of the reason why they have lost five games and could miss the playoffs so yeah the colts i do really like this team a lot they just i mean they blew it against pittsburgh the Ravens, they're on a hot streak right now. They're on a major hot streak right now with a defense that is just stellar. And if Lamar Jackson can get going, I'm not saying be a phenomenal thrower, but just be as electric as he was last year and just overcome the fact that they don't have multiple tight ends to throw out there, like more blockers. That's a very hard thing to overcome. But it's looking like these last games, he's kind of doing it. He looks very good. The Browns, fifth and final team, the Browns, their rushing game is fantastic, and so is their uh, their front seven. I'm, I mean, that's definitely more of their front four, but their passing game and their passing defense, those are those two weaknesses because, I mean, I do think Baker can have great games. I mean, hell, we've seen him have great games. It's just the inconsistency that I can't really bet on. And Baker's never played a playoff game before. So assuming that the Browns do make it because Pittsburgh is starting Mason Rudolph uh, this week, assuming they make it, I'll be really intrigued to see how Baker handles that pressure. I'll be really intrigued to see that because being a subpar QB sometimes, if he... If he comes out, let's just say they play the Steelers or or then play the Bills. Let's just say he comes out and has a phenomenal game. That would definitely silence people. So who do I think is the worst team from this bunch? This was a hard decision because I do like all of these teams. But the team I like the least from this bunch, I have to say the Titans. I gotta say the Titans. Excuse me. I have to say the Titans because their defense, it just doesn't get the job done. Then their offense, when they don't get the job done, it doesn't happen very often. But it, but when you're playing top-notch competition like you will during the playoffs, I don't know if they'll be able to keep it up. I don't know if they can have a run like they did last year where their defense was a good part of that run, being able to contain Tom Brady and, well, I mean, quite frankly, the Patriots' mediocre offense last season, and then being able to contain Lamar Jackson and the Ravens' incredible, like, rushing offense last year. So, I don't trust their defense one bit. I get that the Dolphins, I think that the, it was between them and the Dolphins because because of Miami's, like, quarterback situation, that whole conundrum, but once again, we'll get into that later. Um, Just the Titans... I love Derrick Henry. He's he might be the best back in football. I think Christian McCaffrey. I know recency bias exists, and McCaffrey's been hurt the whole season. But Derrick Henry's just doing stuff that's impeccable. But I feel like when you play tough teams, the Titans they don't really 
show up sometimes and that's like oh shit that's not good at all because against the Packers they got dogged they got absolutely dogged against the Packers on primetime football and that's like damn guys you need a win like yeah like you need a win and if they were to lose by like 14 fair enough but they got dogged so I'm excited to see if this Titans team can make another run like they did last year because I think they're capable of doing it it's just their defense I don't trust it and Tannehill I like Tannehill but I don't love Tannehill so so I do think the Titans are the worst from the bunch moving on to who is in the Super Bowl bubble because because this season there are only four to five teams that I think can win the Super Bowl from the 14 playoff teams and it's a very small bubble this is I do think this is smaller than most seasons, so without further ado, let's just get into it. The, In my opinion, the Super Bowl bubble this season goes the Kansas City Chiefs, the Green Bay Packers, the Buffalo Bills, the New Orleans Saints, and surprisingly, the, the Baltimore Ravens. Those are the five teams that I think have the ability to win a Super Bowl this year. Chiefs fucking obviously, dude. I've seen some of the other sports shows um, they're talking about should, uh, they're talking about should we be concerned about the Chiefs because they've won seven straight games of six or less points. I think it's something like that. Like their last seven games have all been wins, but they've all been by one possession. Um, shut the fuck up. They've won seven straight and they look incredible. So I'm not. I just think they hit a road bump against the Falcons. I'm not concerned about the Chiefs one bit. They did it last year. And they're most likely going to finish the season 15-1. and one. So, yeah, they're all good. The Green Bay Packers, next. You have the MVP, Mr. Aaron Rodgers, on your team right now. And Devontae Adams is playing unreal. Watching him play is fascinating to me. Because during the Titans versus Packers game, literally, literally, while the Packers... A receiving core except except for Devontae Adams only like dude like none of them had three or more catches it was Devontae Adams had 11 catches then all the others were receivers and running backs one two like one catch two catches one catch two catches that's absurd Devontae Adams is playing absurdly good football right now and the Packers defense it's not great admittedly it's not great but but it is good and when you have Aaron Rodgers it doesn't really matter because Aaron Rodgers is playing lights out right now we we saw AJ Dillon have a good game Jamal Williams was hurt and we saw Aaron Jones he played well unfortunately he was banged up I hope the best for him because I like Aaron Jones yeah like the reason this team here is this team is here is because of Aaron Rodgers and him playing absolutely lights out football right now the next team that's in the bubble, the New Orleans Saints. I think this is kind of a gimme. Their defense, their front seven, one of the best in the game. Trey Hendrickson, I believe is his name, is having a phenomenal season when you already have Cameron Jordan lined up on the other side. Their defense is good. And you have Drew Brees. I get that Drew Brees has been a little rough. He, is, he admittedly has been a little rough recently, but I don't 
but I don't think it'll be a big deal once it comes playoff times because, I mean, hell, Drew Brees has been there before. I don't think it's a big deal when he's been there before. He has that experience. Sean Payton is a phenomenal coach, and I like Kamara a lot. Kamara should have had seven touchdowns on Christmas. That was a dick move by Sean Payton not to do that. Yeah, but hopefully Michael Thomas may come back too just in time for the playoffs. That that would be huge for the Saints. So yeah, that's so yeah, the Saints are definitely a part of my Super Bowl bubble. Moving on to the Bills, let's talk about them a bit. Like the same way I was just talking about the Packers. Josh Allen is playing lights out football and Stephon Diggs is being impeccable this season with Stephon Diggs leading the league in both catches and receiving yards. So all the respect to Stephon Diggs for that. And their first year together too. Absolutely insanity. So yeah, the Bills, that's a gimme. But the surprising team here is the Baltimore Ravens for me. And the reason I have the Ravens on this list is because I don't know if anyone else is realizing. I think a lot of people are. But they, but this, but this Baltimore team is on an incredible hot streak. I get they were a little rough during the middle of the season, but it does not matter. When you exclude the Pittsburgh loss because they played a very hard fought game with their B team in, they beat the Cowboys by 17 points. They scored 47 versus the Browns. They, they, they beat Jacksonville by 26 points and they beat the Giants by 14 points. They are not just winning, they're dominating. I get that's a kind of easy schedule for three of those four games, but the one game against another playoff team, the Browns, well, you, well, you scored 47 points against a fine defense, so that's definitely something. Then they played the Bengals this week to get into the playoffs, and I think that's a gimme win. Like, it's like they they definitely have that game, and especially with the way that they're playing right now. I would not be surprised if this team makes a deep playoff run, a deep playoff run with Lamar Jackson kind of redeeming himself because he has yet to miss the playoffs during his career yet. So I hope the best for him, really. I do because I like Lamar Jackson a lot. I think he gets a bunch of bullshit criticism like, oh, he's a running back. No, the fuck he's not. Shut up. People that say that are fucking stupid. Moving on to some QB conundrums going on in the league in Miami and in this week's matchup between the Cardinals and the Rams. So let's get right into it, talking about the Dolphins QB situation, and that is Tua Tagovailoa and Ryan Fitzpatrick, aka Fitzmagic. And who should you start assuming that you make the playoffs? Because because uh, we assume that Tua is their franchise quarterback. He looks good, not great, um, but I think there's a lot of upside there. But but then on the contrary, you have Fitzpatrick, and Fitzpatrick, he's a veteran. He's good, he's not great, he makes incredible plays, he has incredible games. But then on the other hand, he'll throw three picks in a game. So I do think for week 17's sake, I think you start Fitzpatrick after what he did versus the Raiders, I think you have to. But it's the reason why he got into the Raiders game that concerns me, and that's Tua being 
benched because the Dolphins knew that this is a win-now situation and we need Fitzpatrick in. So, so then, so then assuming that Fitzpatrick is, is their win-now QB, you'd figure that he would be the starting QB in Week 17, then throughout the playoffs, if they do make a run for it. But on the other hand, you got to think about that from Tua's side. It's like, damn, you picked me with the fifth overall pick. I've played okay, but I, but you know, but you had to take the training wheels off and just let him go and just let Tua develop, basically. But on the other hand, like you need to win now, so it's a really strange spot that they're in because because there really is no clear cut answer, and I really do hope. That Tua's confidence, let's just say that Fitzpatrick does get the nod. I hope that Tua's confidence does not plummet like it can with a young quarterback. Because I do think Tua's good. But I don't think he's great. And to win games right now, I at least think for Week 17, I don't know if the Bills are resting their starters or not. But if they are then I think that Tua may be your guy. But if they're not resting their starters and you need to win this game against a Bills team that's very good right now, then you need Fitzmatrick, I mean, excuse me, Fitzpatrick playing after what happened against the Raiders. So yeah, Tua's, I really hope that Tua's confidence does not go down. You, that's that you simply can't go into next season with these two guys like still having this debate. Like you simply can't. So I do want so that's basically where I stand on week 17. It depends on if the Bills are resting their starters or not. But in the playoffs, assuming that they make it, I guess we'll just have to see the week 17 performance. This is such a strange QB situation because, I mean, usually it's the obvious answer. Usually it's the young QB. But, well, when you bench the young QB in drives that you need to win for the veteran QB and the veteran QB does it, it's like, well, shit. Do I take the training wheels off Tua or do I just let Fitzpatrick go and hope that it's the best for our team? It's a very weird spot to be in and I assume that the practices going on now are big for that and the Bills decisions probably big for that. That's why I assume we have not heard what they're going to do with their starting QB in, in week 17. Speaking of who's going to be the starting QBs in week 17, Rams versus Cardinals. Very, very big game for the playoffs. A lot of playoff implications because the Cardinals are currently not in the playoffs. They're on the outside looking in. And the Rams, they have not clinched. They have not clinched. So a win, you're in. Simple as that. Well, the Rams starting quarterback, Jared Goff, had thumb surgery. So John Wolford will be the starting QB. If, if you have never heard of this guy before... Do not fear. You are not alone. Me from about like 48 hours ago did did not know either. And that's because he's never thrown a pass during a regular season game. He was a part of the um he was a part of the Alliance of American Football. I think that was that is that like spring football league that lasted like two weeks. I actually kind of like that league, you know, it just completely fell apart. But yeah, he was a QB when that was a thing. And he won the Offensive Player of the Week for the Hot Shots, having a 275-yard and four-touchdown game. So it's definitely not a promising thing that you need a win and you're starting John Wolford. But, well, when you look at the Cardinals, 
may not be too bad. Now on the Cardinals side of things, with Kyler Murray suffering a lower leg non-serious injury at the end of their Week 17 matchup versus the 49ers, him, him being questionable, their backup and CFL Grey Cup champion, Chris Streveler, is looking like he will be the starting QB for the Cardinals this week. In the 2019 CFL season, Streveler threw for 1,500 yards, 8 TDs, and 14 picks, and rushed for 726 yards. But hey, he's he's a proven winner. CFL grade comp champ. Now, I don't watch the CFL, so you know, maybe it was a great rushing game or a great defense that won it. But I mean, Streveler's I mean, Strev a champion. So, yeah, this whole situation... I'm glad they flexed this game like out of the Sunday night spot. Now we're going to have to watch Heineke against Jalen Hurts, to be fair. So it's a lose-lose situation. But at least it's not Streveler versus Wolford. So so um, I'll take what I can get. Moving on to the last segment, then I'll get off out of here. Um, this is a segment I'd like to do for pretty early within the NBA season called Contenders or Pretenders, NBA edition. Very, very original concept. I know, guys. The three teams that I have on the list are the Magic sitting at 4-0, the Hawks sitting at 3-0, and the Cavaliers sitting at 3-1. So let's get into it with the Magic. This Magic team is a very even team. Like, there isn't one star taking over there isn't one player that they're relying on there isn't one superstar it's a very even team like that first game uh what's his name uh fournier led the team in scoring the second game terrence ross did the third game markel fultz did then the fourth win vucevic did so it's a very even team this is good team basketball they have five players averaging double digit points and four of those guys are either at 20 points or very close to 20 points. Now, is this team a contender? No, they're simply not. I like this Magic team a lot because I like small market teams in the NBA more than big market teams. I think they have to have more, I think they have to have better front office and like GMs and head coaches to kind of get stuff going than a team like the Lakers or the Clippers. But, but, but I do digress. I like this team a lot, but without Jonathan Isaac this year, they're just not talented enough to compete with the East front runners in Milwaukee, Miami, and Boston, and fucking Brooklyn. What am I saying? Brooklyn looks incredible. Like, they do not have the talent to compete with these teams. If Fultz has a breakout year, I could see them being a four to five seed. But I do really like this Magic team. I think they have a good mix of veterans and young guys. They have more veterans than young guys now with Jonathan Isaac Kirk. But the young guys, Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, John Isaac, pre 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 previously mentioned though, is hurt. They have Dwayne Bacon, uh, Chuka Owek. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm sorry. Chuma, Chuma, Chuma Okiki. I, I believe that's his name. I believe... I could have just completely butchered it, but I believe that that is his name. They have Cole Anthony. I already said him. But yeah, they have a fine young nucleus. I know they still have Mo Bamba, but he gets no playing time. That kind of sucks. And you have veterans in Fournier, Ross, Vucevic. You have guys like that. Hey, hey, you got a fine team. 
So the Magic, I do really like this team. I'll be rooting them. I, I, I'll be rooting for them for, throughout the season, but they're not a playoff. I, I mean, they're not a championship contender. To the Hawks, this 3-0 young Hawks team currently has eight players averaging double digits throughout these three games, with Trey Young st stealing the show, averaging 34 to start the season. Their young nucleus of Trey Young, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, Ke Kevin Herter, John Collins, and Oweka Onweka Okongwu is very solid, but I think they're too young to be considered a contender. Like unless Trey Young literally does what James Harden did in like 2015 with the Rockets. Kind of like when they had no other players and he just had to carry. That was like pre-Chris Paul when he had to do that. See, so yeah, like unless Trey Young does that, I don't see this team being nearly a contender. And John Collins, I think he'll be traded at the trade deadline because, I mean, they don't want to give him a max. John, John, John Collins turned down the Hawks offer and I mean well the Hawks they they literally traded for Capella they signed Danilo Gallinari they drafted Onweka Okongwu John Collins is on his way out whether that be through free agency or a trade I think they should do it with a trade though I mean obviously like you want to get value for him but yeah this is a 3-0 Hawks team I like this team I really really like the Rondo pickup that's the same with the Chris Dunn pickup both were great but yeah, the Hawks are good. The Hawks are good, but they're not a contender. Moving on to the Cavs. The Cavaliers are sitting at 3-0 right now, and the Cavs and the world are watching Colin Sexton and Darius Garland begin a very promising looking to be breakout years as Drummond is rebounding the hell out of the basketball and playing great defense as always. Colin Sexton right now, he's averaging nearly 25 as Garland's putting up 18 per night currently. This is a really good young duo. And uh, Isaac Okoro, their third young, I guess, nucleus player, you could say. Um, he's only played two games. He had a good debut versus Charlotte, but he had a rough scoreless game versus Detroit. I'm not concerned about that. It's his first two games. It's it, It's just so early for all of these players. But no, I do like where this team is heading right now. Unlike their guard duo may not be great defenders, but on offense, they are looking fantastic. And I like what I'm seeing from this team. I would like if they kept Drummond long term. Uh, there's not much you can do about that Kevin Love contract. You just got Kevin Love on the roster now. Like that's a thing that you're, I don't want to say stuck with because I like Kevin Love. But, like, you're kind of stuck with that big contract that's attached to him. So, yeah, the Cavaliers, definitely not a contender. That is pretenders for all three teams. But I must say, I do like where all three teams are heading. They're just simply too young. On the case like the Magic, where the Magics definitely have more veterans than the Hawks. And the Cavs, um, the Magic like veteran core, I guess you could say, is not strong enough to compete with Kyrie and KD. Like, get out of here. I do really like the Magic, though, this year. That, that's probably the team that I'm rooting for. It's That's between them and Oklahoma City, because I love how Oklahoma City just said, fuck it, we're getting every pick from every team, and we're rocking with Lou Dort and Shea Gilgis for the future. And the same with Darius Baisley, too. Not, I, I'm not, I'm not going to forget about him. But yeah, 
that's going to do it for me today. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with your friends. If not, share it with your friends. Um, follow me on Twitter at Stuttering Prods. That's Stuttering P-R-O-D-S. And Instagram at Stuttering Sport Guy. Happy holidays. New Year's Eve is tomorrow. So, yeah, stay safe and have a good one.